Teacher, what star is that? Shotgun and on a pump, left hand and a 40, puffing on a blunt, bug my shotgun, them niggas didn't jump. La 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 la. Duke, Duke, Duke. Come on, stop playing on the West, boy. Stop playing Cypress Hill. You know what I'm saying? Everybody thought they was from New York. No. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, oh, wee. They from out here, bruh. Um, Thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are locked in the Side Life Radio. And I'm your host, Adisa the Bishop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. Zato Ichi, a.k.a. the South Bay Shogun, a.k.a. the Iron Hook Assassin, a.k.a. The Black Cortez Killer. Look, nobody's triller than me, homeboys and girls. You know this. You know this. Have a seat. Get your coffee. You know what I'm saying? Grab your Red Bull. You know what I'm saying? Get your little fruit juice with wheatgrass on the side as a shot. You know what I mean? Because Bishop Chronicles, if you ain't knowing, is the world's first Uno Nuno podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, MMA, and health and fitness trends. You heard me? Ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium. Let me see your head. I'm going to put some vibranium in right there. It's in like a decent bishop, okay? So you can be down now or you can bow down later, fool, because these West Side OGs, we straight greater. You know what I mean? I'm just juiced. I'm juiced. Why am I juiced? Ask me. I am juice. Thank you for asking. Because you tuned in today. I'm hyped. But listen, remember, if you've never heard this show before, it's important for the new listeners. <clears throat> if this is your first time listening, it's important that you uh, understand this, that uh, the Bishop Chronicles may not be the best thing about a show enough is the West thing. About a show enough is the West thing. About a show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough is the West thing. Yeah, yeah, ing, 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 boom, It's the West thing. It's the best in the West, boy. We out here. I thought you knew what it was. I get excited before shows. I get excited. Does it? Does it? Does it? Does it show? Does it show? I hope you understand how much uh, me and my boy Mike and, you know what I'm saying, all of my fantastic guests put on to, you know, make this an informative but funny uh, show for you, you know, somewhere between educational and entertainment, uh, somewhere between, you know, you know, whatever, man. It doesn't matter. The point is you're here and we're chilling. All right, look, subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, Libsyn, go to www.bishopchronicles.com you know what I mean uh, you might get it on Mixcloud you know what I'm saying um, iTunes just get it subscribe and if you can leave a comment leave a comment like yo man these fools is dope fool that's what you need to do um, 
I appreciate that. Always remember, you can follow the OG directly at Bishop Chronicles. Easy enough, right? At Bishop Chronicles. Although most of you already follow me on at Real Hip Hop Chess. Um, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. Uh, man, so much going on in the world. Yo, shout out to everybody who really was vibing out to episode 102. No, that was Greg. Yeah, 103. I got so much love for 102, though. People was like, yo, that intro was so fresh. Thank you. Uh, And I'm thanking you for thanking me for liking the intro. You know what I'm saying? I work hard. I try to make sure that I think about what I say and I say what I mean. And that's what it is. But 103, too, because you know what? I got a lot of responses from the ladies thanking me for 103. Talking about women in hip-hop and technology. Yeah, it resonated. Thumbs up from the OG. Glad you liked it. So what can you do for me? Pass on one show. That's all you got to do. Send one show to one person you really think will listen and say, yo, you should subscribe. That's all I need you to do, and I appreciate you. I'm thanking you in advance for doing it, even though you ain't done it. I ain't asking you to tweet it out, but I won't be mad. I ain't asking you to post it on your Facebook, but I won't be mad. I ain't asking you to email it to everybody in your phone, but I won't be mad. All I'm saying is find one person, pass it on. There it is. Now it's time for the heartbeat props. Why do we do heartbeat props? Because life is crazy and unpredictable. And we want to make sure, we want to make sure that you reach out to somebody you care about and tell them why. Why do you care about them? Right? We don't want to be the person at somebody's funeral. Always did like Bishop. He was cool. But you didn't say that when he was alive, fool. Get off that podium, you mark ass bail. You don't throw a tomato at him. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't be phony, bro. Shout out the people who affect your life in a real way while they're alive. Five people, you call them five minutes each. And be specific. I'm going to shout out three people. Uh, the first is going to be anonymous, but she knows who she is. Uh, one of my really good friends got into a really bad car crash. And recovery is going to be slow and not easy and not fun. But you know what? I really appreciate you. You looked out for me tough last year. You looked out for me tough. And um, I appreciate your friendship immensely. And I will absolutely be looking out for you. I'll be praying for you. I'll be checking in on you. Right? But I appreciate you coming through um, last year when you did. And um, giving me the prayer beads and the other things that you gave me. Because I use them and they help me. You know? So... Um, I got your back. I'm going to stay in tune. And if your family needs anything from me, I got you. I'm also going to give a shout out to the homie Kev. I can't say his name because, you know what I'm saying? He laced me. He laced me with that illegal stream to watch the UFC. That's how I saw Conor McGregor. <laughs> Beep, boom, bump, bump, bump. You know what I'm saying? Um, thanks, homie Kev. I got you, dog. I'm looking out. You looking out? We fam. Oh, oh. Um, and I'm also giving a shout out to the homie Lamont. What? OG? How Gracie partners? What? Yes, bro. I ain't seen him in hella years. Blood. Just seen him like, uh, uh. You know what I'm saying? When you do the little pound, like, listen, that's me giving him a pound. That's him giving me a pound. Bro, I seen Lamont in hella years, bro. Crazy, right? 
crazy. Man, I miss you, bro. That was fantastic. I look forward to staying connected. And I'm 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 happy to see you rising and 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 doing you, dog. Doing you, dog. So Lamont was happening full West Side throwing that W. Um West Coast Word of the Week. It's time to tell you how we speak out here. So when you come and visit, you don't get slapped up for saying something stupid, fool. I'm just kidding. Nobody's going to slap you up. And they will slap you. Um, the point is, here's a word. It's really easy. You know what I'm saying? It's old school. It's West Coast. Gigging. The word is gigging. G-I-G-G-I-N. Gigging. That's when you dance and having hella fun. So let's, you know what I'm saying, let's say it's Saturday and you had to work, but your homies went to the house party on Friday night, came up, got some numbers. You weren't there. You got no numbers. And just to rub it in, the conversation goes like this. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, man, it was cool, man. Had to work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Me and Ty went to the house party last night, but it was off the chain. What? Yeah, we got some numbers, too, fool. We was in there gigging like, mm-mm, 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 uh, Wait, what? Oh, You know what I'm saying? And they'll be dancing when they do that. Ah, she was hella fine. Ah, what? We would have hooked you up, blood, but you had to work. Man, y'all just in there gigging, not even tripping, leaving me out. You know what I'm saying? Y'all had bottles and James, and I was just, yeah, blood, it was like that. Whatever, blood. And now it is time to talk about chess and life strategies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, A couple weeks back, if you already know the show, um, we went through all of the 12 um, principles of the Hip Hop Chess Federation and how we see life in chess. This time, I'm going to read you something from a different part of my book that you can get on Amazon, paperback and Kindle, Bobby, Bruce, and the Bronx, The Secrets of Hip Hop Chess. I'm going to read you a section um, about me and RZA at the opening of Living Like Kings exhibit, which broke records in St. Louis. We actually... Our opening day at Living Like Kings exhibit, we had more people show up to the World Chess Hall of Fame than they did when Bobby Fischer's exhibit opened. Hip-hop beat Bobby Fischer. Think about that. Think about that. Uh, and I don't say that with, with pride. I say it with gratitude. I say it with humility. I say it because if it wasn't for people like Susan Barrett, if it wasn't for you know the camaraderie of the RZA and Jizza, if it wasn't for... Man, so many people, um, that event would have never happened. But people forget that when Living Like Kings opened in St. Louis at the World Chess Hall of Fame, that was when Ferguson popped off. So I'm going to read a section of Bobby Bruce and the Bronx that deals with me and RZA and Susan trying to like get ready in the midst of the Ferguson uprising. Okay. At first, when I start reading, I'm going to read from the middle of the story and it's kind of me and Riza are at the World Chess Hall of Fame and then I'm going to rewind it. Families buzzed about. The press asked questions of everyone involved and snapped shots and clips of the whole event. B-Girl for Life, shout out to B-Girl for Life, was in the building. She had brought Tef Poe with her. Shout out to Tef Poe. Rodney Hubbard came through and introduced me to Kiwan from St. Lunatics. Another shout out. 
It was a powerful night. Yet to fully understand everything that led up to how I was enveloped in gratitude, I have to tell you all about the pace of my entire day. Rewind for a second. Spin the record back real quick to the night before. I was preparing to rest my aching bones at the beautiful Cheshire Hotel after an epic dinner at the Drunken Fish, my favorite sushi spot in the Central West End. The day had been filled with my first look at the World Chess Hall of Fame layout. I got my first viewing of Adrian O. Walker's photography and Benjamin Kaplan's short film, Living Like Kings, which I narrated. And I had an interview with NPR, among other things. It had been a beautiful day. As my ex-wife and I laid down and turned on the TV, breaking news came across the screen. Another black man had been shot by police. His name was Vonderit Myers. The cops said he had a gun. People on the scene said the young man had a sandwich. And before long, folks were in the street. This was salt in the raw wound of pain of the Michael Brown killing by police. Racial tensions were already high. St. Louis did not need this. America did not need this. As people gathered on the sidewalk, storm clouds gathered above. I can't lie. The murder and the lightning kept me up. The biblical verse on earth as it is in heaven was on my mind. I got no sleep and Brooklyn was nowhere around. You must be a fan of the Beastie Boys to get that line. The following morning at 7.30 a.m. of the opening, I met Riza in the lobby of the Cheshire Hotel. Susan planned for us to go to Demetrius Johnson's Charitable Foundation to speak to a 350 to 400 kids about chess, martial arts, nonviolence, and life strategies. After that, we were going to St. Louis Family Court Juvenile Detention Center. As I sat down in the limo, I reflected on how this was the second time I'd been in a limo that was not headed to a funeral. All the limos I've been in were built for efficiency, not for fun. This one had lights on the roof, ice water bottles in the lower walls, and really soft leather. I needed to let myself like it. I had guilty twinges in my head for reasons I still don't understand. I slowly started to sink into it. But really, I did not have time to enjoy it. There was much work to be done. The streets were wet. It rained on and off for most of the early part of the day. I actually love that kind of weather. As we moved quickly up the steps of Demetrius Johnson's place, he greeted us. He's a big bear of a man with a very warm smile and a fun disposition. He runs a ton of sports, arts, and education programs in St. Louis. He, Riza, Susan, Rodney Hubbard, and I went to his office and talked a bit about the tension in the city and how he thought it was affecting black youth in particular. As we talked, his center quickly filled up. Kids from all over the city were on hand. Demetrius introduced us. Susan opened up the conversation. And then Riza and I spoke together about our experiences. We let the kids know we were not there to judge them or preach to them, but just tell them about what we've seen over the years and ideas that can help them navigate these violent times. As I explained that nonviolence was not a position of the weak, Riza shared many powerful stories of his observations about life and chess. He also spoke to the kids about the importance of having a serious work ethic and understanding the root reasons of why they want whatever they want. Then Adrian O. Walker joined the discussion. 
He gave the kids some much needed wisdom from a guy closer to their generation. He came from the same schools and streets that they did. That young man, if he stays on the path, he will be a leader. St. Louis needs men like him. After we spoke, we opened up the floor for questions. At first, the kids were shy, but then they really opened up. We had some funny and honest interactions together. It was truly moving. The panel was closed by Lieutenant Colonel Ronnie Robertson. When he first walked up, I whispered to Rizza that this guy was going to have a hard time. I thought he was going to get heckled and even disrespected. Given the shooting the night before, I was sure these kids were going to ignore him or attack him. This was one of the most courageous things I've ever personally witnessed. Lieutenant Colonel Ronnie Robertson gave one of the most realistic talks I have ever seen a cop give. And I'm going to stop right there. What did the cop say? That's why you go on Amazon and buy that book. No joke. Uh, that was a powerful thing, man. I thought he was going to get torn apart, but he broke down some real stuff. And St. Louis still got problems, you know, and I'm still down and I'm still helping working uh, at at one of the de- juvenile detention centers. When I say, you know, I'm seeing HHCF. I haven't been there in a minute, but I'm going, what's up to my man? Michael Wesson, I'm coming, bruh. I'm coming, bruh. But my point is, we got an HHCF program out there. If you want an HHCF program in your area, hit me at Real Hip Hop Chess. DM the OG, we can get it started. But that is our section of Bobby Bruce in the Bronx teaching you about chess and life stream. Man, we really do this, bruh. Like, I'm not talking crazy, man. You know what I mean? Riz is not just talking, yo, God, you know what I mean? Hulu. Listen to what we're doing, bruh. Pay attention, man. And now, it is time... For the haiku of the week, the jujitsu haiku. Remember when I started doing jujitsu haikus? Then I kind of got away, right? A little bit of stoicism, bro. A little bit of a uh, 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 nature and philosophy, bro. Back to jujitsu, West Coast jujitsu. Understand what I'm saying? Um, what is a haiku? It is a short poem of three lines. The first is five syllables long. The second, seven syllables long. And the third is five. So it's five, seven, five. Okay? This is about like the mindset when you come out of jujitsu, when you come out of class. Um, Mike, here's what I'm going to need, man. Hit me with like some Japanese harps. And can I get like the sounds of a of a of a campfire? Burning campfire. Let's start with the campfire and then bring in the bring in the harps. Here we go. Haiku. Dedicated to those that love and do jujitsu. <clears throat> mm. Campfire's warm, isn't it? Imagine a roast chicken over it. Slowly roasting chicken. And vegetables for the vegans out there before you get upset. Looks good. Solo Samurai. The harps of war call my name. I'll live what I've trained. (laughs) Remember, these things don't have to rhyme. A haiku does not have to rhyme, but I make it rhyme because I rep the West. Here we go. One more time. Listen, listen. Solo Samurai. The harps of war call my name. I'll live what I've trained. Booyah! Ugh, 
you know what I'm saying? Because we covered technology last week in 103, people have been like, yo, what'd you think of McGregor? What'd you think of McGregor? What'd you think of McGregor? Because y'all saw me on at Cage Against the Machine on IG. You saw me, you know what I'm saying, giving a lot of my predictions and whatnot. First of all, I just have to be honest. I came up a little short on my predictions. Uh, the Nigerian dude beat up the dude from SAC. You know, I have to be honest. I normally stick with Nigerians because I'm part Nigerian, largely. And I normally stick with Muslims, Yusuf. And I'm still a West Sider. I said I was conflicted. I went with the guy from SAC and he came up short. I really repped the West to my to my demise. I also thought that Macy Barber was going to handle business, and she tried to. But you know what? Roxy was on point, man. She kept that fight clean. But Macy Barber fought with a half-busted left knee. How can you not just, like, salute her like the Triple G that she is? So many dudes would have just let the fight end. If they knew that their left knee was super not working. But she was a G. She was bloody. She fought. Crazy. Salute. But shout out to Roxy though for winning. So many people wrote her off. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was just feeling like Macy was on a tear. She was on a winning streak. And she was going to win. Because she's a G. But Roxy was a gangster. And for all my jujitsu people. How long has it been since you've seen a real jujitsu sweep in an MMA scenario from someone playing the guard on the bottom and she hit a flower sweep? <laughs> oh, that was the first sweep I could do that Half Gracie taught me. The flower sweep. If you can't do a flower sweep, bruh, you shouldn't even do MMA. And Roxy was like, bing bong, boop, back in the mount. E, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh. Hold him down, hold him down, hold him down. E, ah, uh. I was impressed, and nobody even said that she did a flower sweep. They were just like, oh, come on, man. That was sick. That was sick. Now off to um, the thing everybody wants to talk about, and is still talking about rightly, McGregor. Good gravy, great googly moogly. Did you see that? Cerrone, blood, beep, bop, boop. Mooga, maga, miga. Those fists were just hitting him, weren't they? Maga, miga, mooga, 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 pika. He was getting lit, boy. <laughs> Look, let's just keep it honest. Uh, McGregor's a G for a reason. I always said that I respected him uh, before his fight with Habib, and he went overboard with the anti-Muslim crazy talk that was hella disrespectful and divisive. I agree that that trash talk is a part of the sport. Muhammad Ali made it famous. Um, but you don't disrespect people's whole cultures. You don't go out of your way to try to humiliate people, and that's why he took the beating he took. Um, however, he dismantled Cerrone easily, and it wasn't until the day before that I told my homie Denny, Denny Prokopos, we were talking about the fight, and I said, you know what, I had a new thought about this whole fight. Because for me, my brain, it stopped being about Cerrone, and it stopped being about McGregor. Who did it start to be about? Dana. Dana White. Everything changed, and I said, you know what the deal is? Is Dana loves McGregor. They got that whole Boston Irish love thing going on, that bro, that bromance between them. And I said he would never 
have McGregor return to the octagon to fight anybody who could actually beat him. Because he got love. That's his homie, dog. He's not going to throw him to the wolves. Nope. He's not. So he's going to give him somebody that one of two situations happen. So, Pete, first I got to talk about Mayweather. Mayweather never chooses to fight. It's my belief that, that Mayweather never chooses to fight someone until, like in the art of war, he has already won, he's found victory, and then he fights. That's why he didn't fight Pacquiao for a long time. He wasn't scared. He was looking for a way. But it's not just that. He finds it, then he trains all of the possible counters to that thing, and then he says he'll fight. And then he trains on everything, and then that person loses. I always believe that's why Mayweather wins. That's what happened with Cerrone and McGregor. Whether it was Dana saying, look, we know Cerrone be tripping. And when he moves his left hand like that, he always takes one to the face. Bink! Or if he steps like this, you can kick him in the gut. Boop! Right? They already knew how they was going to beat him, bro. So this wasn't about Cerrone even taking a dive. You don't have to take a dive if they've already figured you out and trained on that. Trained on that. Okay? So, show enough. He goes in there and takes the beating. Mika, maka, muka, bunka, binka. Straight to the face. Um, and look, I'm not going to say that I was disappointed because Cerrone did his best. I just thought it was going to be a longer fight. A lot longer. However, to McGregor's credit, I do want to add something he did that I thought was awesome. And that was hitting him with the shoulder and the nose. Bink. Right? Bro, your whole body is a weapon. And that's an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing to embody. His whole body as a weapon. That was that was live. And that's something that like you might think it's cool or you might not. But if you do martial arts for real, whether you strike or you grapple, you understand what it means to have your whole body as a weapon, as an intention, but as an embodiment, Hard to do. That was beautiful. However, I also want to say that I was happy with his humility. Um, everybody's tired of that overtalk. You know what I'm saying? He's got to have some of it, right? Um, I think it's funny that he's been living sober because, you know, he has an alcohol company. He actually, I think, had a hand in uh, him and Dylan Dennis posting these pictures of of Habib like holding his his scotch or I don't even know what he what he actually owns I think it's a scotch company and that was part of the reason Habib beat the brakes off of him that's why he got mopped like that he beat McGregor so bad McGregor stopped drinking alcohol. <laughs> You understand how crazy it is when you talk so crazy about a Muslim that they beat you so bad, you start living more like them. <laughs> Maybe I should stop. <laughs> Drinking the scotch. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> and then he gets out of the cage and is like, me stopping the drinking. Me stopping the drinking. <laughs> First of all, I don't even know that that's horrible. And I know Irish people, 
For real. And that was horrible. I'm not good with these European accents. Like my English, Irish, Scottish, I butcher it all. Mike Realm always gets on me about it. Um, but I just want to imagine if, 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 if he beat a man who sells alcohol so badly <laughs> that he went sober, that was a hell of a beating. Um, and I will also say, my predictions are whoever he fights next, McGregor, it will probably be the same setup that Cerrone got. After that, he's probably going to fight either um, Habib or Tony after they fight in April. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think McGregor can beat either of them. I don't think he can beat either of them. I think Habib is going to beat Tony, but it's going to be a brawl. I think Tony's wholly dangerous. Um period. And I and I and I've made no light note of that. I'm not a fan of Tony. I want Habib to win. But Tony's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's lightweight crazy, meaning that he's unpredictable. And that's kind of beautiful about him as a fighter. His ground game is going to be tight because he rolls with Eddie Bravo. Um, and he himself is courageous and steps forward. So it's going to be buck wild. It's going to be buck wild. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really believing and hoping that Tony keeps their fight. You know, he talks crazy but doesn't go into the Colby Covington old McGregor ways. Um, and that they keep it sportive. And I have all faith that it's a bad time to be fighting Habib, a.k.a. is a sick squad. So let's go get him, Habib. Oh, oh. Okay, so what am I listening to right now? I am listening to Mac Miller's Circles, man. His music got me through some of the opening war dance activity in my divorce, man. I was down and out, player when my separation first occurred and Mac Miller's music, man, it's sad, but there's something hopeful in it. And, uh, when he died, I was really hurt because I never got to thank him personally. I didn't know him. I never got to thank him personally for the role that his music played in keeping me inspired, man. It keeps me hopeful. I still listen to it when I'm down and he inspires me. Um, Really cool. Really cool. And so Circles is a great album. I like the song Hand Me Down. I like the song Complicated. I love the song Everybody. And I'm really glad that album is out. There's a thing. I think Fader has a short documentary on him that I saw a few weeks ago on YouTube. It's pretty good, but it's sad because you see him like in the studio with um, like, like uh, French Montana. And he's got like syrup in a Sprite bottle. And then he's talking like, I don't want to die an addict. It's a bad look. And Oh, man. Circles, though. Beautiful. What else I've been listening to? Lo-fi. I know. People get bored because I say it. Listen, man. I'm writing my book, A Dead Man's Diary, coming out sometime this year. It's almost done. It'll be done in about three weeks. In fact, by the time you hear this, the book is probably done. Then I got to get it edited. And then, booyah, kashots. 
you're going to see a dead man's diary. Um, but I listen to lo-fi a lot when I'm writing and when I'm reading. I read to lo-fi a lot. So on Spotify, I have a little list, reflective lo-fi beats. Um, on that little gathering of, of tracks, um, there's a great, great instrumental track called We Used to Talk Every Night by Elijah Who. Love that. Car Wash by Philanthrop and Controller by Idealism. Man. A lot of my, I'm, I ain't gonna lie, a lot of my haikus are actually written to lo-fi beats randomly. Usually those with like a Japanese or Chinese undertone, but lo-fi period, for real. The other thing I've been listening to is binaural beats for my meditation. A binaural beat is an auditory illusion, if you don't know what it is. It's an auditory illusion. What I mean by that is it's an illusion that's perceived when two different pure tone sine waves, both with frequencies lower than 1500 hertz and less than 40 hertz difference between them, are presented to a listener dichotically. Dichotically means one through each ear. So you listen to to binaural beats. They're not even real rhythms. They're sounds. They're tones. And it sounds like... Or it'd be like... And you would think that it sounds irritating, but when you listen specifically through headphones, you've got one frequency going in one ear, another one going out on a different, uh, on a, on a, uh, like, like, I think one's played forward, one's played backwards, and it, and it messes with your brain. In any case... I learned about this um, through hanging out with Dr. Pete's homie, the guy that created Napster. His boy, who was living with him, taught me about binaural beats at Dr. Pete's birthday party while we was eating sushi. That's how I got put down. And my meditation game, in my opinion, improved when I started listening to binaural beats. Now, I think it's ultimately important to be able to consistently meditate in silence. But sometimes, as I have spoken about before, I meditate to binaural beats or I meditate to Tibetan bowls and crystal bowls. Okay? You can listen to binaural beats in alpha waves, delta, gamma, and theta waves. Check them out. On YouTube, I listen to those a lot on the train when I meditate after doing my Stoic Journal. I found it super good these days for me to use binaural beats. I hope you listen to them and I hope that they help. What am I watching? Cartoons still. Uh, What am I reading? Uh, I'm reading how to be an adult in relationships still. I kind of dragged on it this week because I was kind of sick this week, just a little bit. But... um, yeah, How to Be adult An Adult in Relationships by David Rico or Richo. I don't know how to say his name. Please forgive me, David. Anyway, great book. Great book. Helps you be in tune with yourself, man. How you communicate with the people that you care about. Not even just like romantically, but like this book is helping me understand miscommunications that I've had with family members my kids help me understand miscommunications when I've heard people wrong right or when I've misspoken or how do you know how an attitude that you have about your relationship like how do you know where it came from like if you've been x way in four or five of your last relationships why are you like x 
Why do you respond that way? You've got to figure that stuff out. This is a great book. Uh, I thought I mentioned it last week, but if I hadn't, uh, you need to look into it for real. And if you're a parent, it's a it's a book that I recommend for like your young adult children. If you're married and things are good, you still need this book. If you're married and things are bad, you absolutely need this book. You need it. And my health tip of the week is important. As you know, I've been giving up bread, right? And sugar and all that stuff. But let me tell you something. You got to have a cheat day. Cheat days are important. If you go hardcore cold turkey, chances are most of you are going to buckle. And then that cheat day is going to turn into a weekend. Next thing you know, you're just... One of the fat boys in the jailhouse rap. So have a cheat day, but earn it through your discipline. And don't let your cheat day turn into a cheat weekend or a cheat week. Okay? Um, I had a little soda. I had a little bread. And I had some oven fried chicken. It did. My body did not like it, man. My body's really vibing out with the veggies, man. And... Um, Having the cheat day was actually good for me because I recognized that, you know, I've told you before, on my best cheat days, I just eat more of what's good for me outside of my intermittent fasting window. But cheat days are still important. They're still super important. So make sure that you have them and that you respect them. On that, I'm going to get all the way out the way and let you rock with my first jujitsu teacher, Half the Pitbull Gracie. Okay? This is my dude. I ain't seen him in hella years. It was great to see him. It was great to see him. And now you get to hear him. You get to hear stories you ain't never heard. I guarantee you, you don't know these stories. And he talks about his methodology. He talks about how he feels about some of his past students. He talks about some of the things that make the modern MMA scene tough for jujitsu to be understood as the art that it is. And this is the Bishop Chronicles. This is Farside TV. This is Half the Pitbull Gracie. He actually choked a pitbull. He doesn't tell that story here, but he did. Because you should know it by now. Thank you, Half, for your time. Thank you for this interview. And now, Bishop Chronicles family, soak up game from one of the realest warriors you're ever going to hear from. Period. All right, so I'm sitting here with the one and only Half Gracie. This guy is a legend. He is my first teacher. He 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 actually made me a man, you know what I'm saying? Because I had a dad, but I didn't have other brothers and stuff to kick me around. And so, you know, when I was soft, he helped me I discover. make sure I did that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he made sure, he made sure that, that, that he made me a man and, like, you know, I learned how to be a G, you know what I'm saying? So, I used to be the king of the... Ezekiel. That's right. Right? Yeah. He remembers. I do remember that, Ezekiel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Because of you. You know what I'm saying? So, so you are, though, like arguably the most influential man in MMA in the Bay. Like when I think of all, not just what you have done as a fighter, but your students. You have, you have created warlords all over the coast, from coast to coast. They go around the world. Right? And, and there's a lot of different amazing, great coaches. But what do you think it is about you and your methodology that has made people absolute savages that have gone in? Like, everybody knows if he's from house, be fucking careful. There's nobody that doesn't say that. Why? What makes you different? Love. 
dedication for the people that I really train. Mm. You know, I wanted to be whoever comes to me, uh, came to my academy, especially like uh, in the old days. Yeah, like, uh, Mountain View, they early. Yeah, like uh, they earn it. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, nothing was given. Right. You know, like in, uh, like I see sometimes even like with your child, mm-hmm. you have to give them frustration. Right. So they can overcome. You need the pressure. Right, they got to feel it. Yes. Mm. So that's what I gave to them. I gave them the, the way I was brought it up. Mm. The way I should have, you know, uh, I think they, they can show, I, I show myself through them. Right. I wanted them when they, anywhere they walk, when they walk, they say, holy shit, this is half a grace guy. That's a guy. They know. They know. Yeah. And I done that well. Mm-hmm. You know, anywhere my, kid, my kids go, Oh shit! This one yeah. half a Gracie. Oh, yeah, you better be, be careful. Care. Yes, be sharp. Don't yes. don't slip. Don't, don't, yes, don't, don't slip. <laughs> That's get the you. idea. You know, um, when when did you first come to America? Just period, and then when did you come to the Bay? Uh, the America came. I think it was like '95, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I'm stick. Then uh, we opened Mountain View first. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, first it was uh, me and Caesar Pleasant Hill. Right, Pleasant right? Hill. That's Pleasant right. Hill. Then we decided to go up and expand the business, mm-hmm. and uh, I opened Mountain View. How did Mountain View? Because ha- I, you know what, man, I almost, I almost shed a tear. I was driving down, and I saw it wasn't there anymore. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, that was everything. Yeah, but we, we moved to a different place. Yeah, we, you're in we, San, Jose. San Jose. Right. But more, I mean, like the history of that. Like, was it hard when you when you closed that door for the last time when you left Mountain View? Always, you know, like uh, memories. Right. There always great memories in there. Right. Uh, the place is for development. Right. You know, they we couldn't stay over there anymore, unfortunately. Right. But it was like a good, good about 25 years. Right. That's I mean, cool. crazy, man. That was, yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, you know, I remember those early days and like, I re- you know what I remember? How hard the warm-ups were. I remember the warm-ups were so Welcome intense. Welcome to the jungle, boy. <laughs> <laughs> People would come through, right? Oh, I'll sign up for my first class. And they'd be vomiting on the side of the mat. They'd be collapsing like... What was your vision at that time? At that time when you were like, okay, someone comes in, like they were getting hard training, stuff that I don't think anybody else in the world, at least in America, was getting. What was your goal for them when they come through? So here, guy, my name's John. I come through, I sign up. What are you giving me? The truth is I didn't give a flying fuck who John was. Right. You're going to get if the same If John would have given me money, I don't give a flying fuck. Right. They maintain, hey, you're here for training. Right. And you train all the way, you tra- or, you, or you train the way I want it. Right. Or you don't have to train here. You can quit. Right. Go. T- I think they have some other gyms on the by the. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know, go go, walk a little bit. You might find a karate gym. Right. Right. It might be more uh, up to you to know that. Now, I remember one day there was a guy, a black dude. He was a judoka, and everybody was saying he was going to come through. And I, I went there with camera. Me and Cameron took the bus over there, and we were waiting for this guy. I had a camera, and then I left. And right after I left, I guess he showed up. And you had Dave go with him. Do you remember this? I think yeah, I was. Uh, I think it was Dave. Uh, Dave has a problem with the guy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The judo guy. Do you remember how that? I do. I do. I do remember. Uh, I got in the academy. Dave was like, "Hey, I got this guy that I have to match with." Mm-hmm. So who who, who got a match with? Was, I forgot the guy's name. Brewster, right now. I think. Brewster, some, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this this big black dude. Yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. Oh man, okay, cool. Right. We come and train. Hey, talk shit about me. Right. He said you, I want to tap him or something. Then he came to the academy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a normal day for us, especially right. back that, then. In those know, like, yeah. days. 
Yes. Standard. Yes. And uh, he, he came down and trained with Dave. Dave uh, get him on bar. Yeah. Locked him out. Then, uh, actually, no. Actually, didn't tap him out yet. Uh, the guy was strong, dude. The guy was like <laughs> really, really, really big. He was like big. 240 or yeah, 220. Was, I, I don't know. Yeah, he was big. Yeah, he was big. You know, for... Uh, Big, yeah. it was not fat big, yeah, it was he like was muscular, a muscular, bigger, yes. And uh, Dave got him in an bar. And uh, as I remember, he picked Dave up, mm. he started walking on the out, arm? yes, he got his arm, he hold his own hand, and started walking with Dave to throw him outside off the mat on the yes. sidewalk. He wants to start sidewalk. Then I step in, hey, bro, you, you do that here, you're gonna be with me. Mm. Then David gave him an extra squeeze, like whack. Then he like tap about twenty times, mm, screaming. He really had it. Yes, yes. How did you feel in that moment? Huh? How did you feel in that moment? Always proud. <laughs> right? Like uh, like you've seen your kids. Yeah, it's like that's my boy. That's what that's we do. Much true, you yes, know, that's true. That's what. But he did what he's supposed to do. That's that's good. That's the game. Yes. Now I remember this just because I was literally when you went to Brazil, when Dave was purple. You guys went when when Hoist fought uh, Walid. Walid, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And this was Freds and Pacquiao was undefeated, and mm -hmm. you took him down there, and yes. Dave, Dave won. Yes. Um, and that was the first, the same night that Hoist went with Walid, and didn't win. What do you remember about that event? That was a crazy event. That was Ipanema Beach at night. That a was a people, nice event. That's true. That was a know, really nice event. Tell me about that, man. That was. That was a that was a really good event. You know, mm -hmm. like especially because it was a, it was. Uh, was put it out for the government, Brazilian mm. government. Okay, okay, okay. There was a, uh, there was like in the right at the beach. Yeah, you know, bleachers. Have like bleachers. They make these nice bleacher lights, right in the middle of Copacabana. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a, a really really nice event to, for the sports. How happy were you when you saw? No, him? it definitely happened. David did an yeah. excellent job, like always he did. You know, and uh, end up winning the fight. Yeah. Hoist didn't do so well, but everything was good. Yeah, it was a great day, great night. In that time, did, did you did you think Hoist was gonna win? Did you think Valid was gonna win? Did you have a sense? Was it any given Sunday? I had Sunday? no idea. I thought like uh, I thought maybe Hoist would do it a little bit better. Yeah. Due to the, for the, his guard, but he didn't pull guard or nothing right. like this. It was not not his game. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um. Now you know you you are uh, obviously super close with Henzo. Can you tell me a me and when me and Henzo were young story, and then give me a me and Henzo recently story? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This like uh, me and Henzo will always be good friends. You know, like uh, like I always look up to him as a more like a father figure. Right. Since he was my older brother. Right. You know, and then, uh, we all have good times. You know, like uh, I have this time which is. Uh, it was like my mom mm -hmm. was uh, going to the beach, my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Brazil, we do have those, like, uh, we call like franelinha, which like the guys, they take care of the cars okay. at the beach. Right. They, they're not like a proper worker, but they do, like, they make it like... They do the, yeah. They, they, yeah, sure they, the they go over there and say, hey, let me, let me watch your car, then uh, can you give me some, like, two bucks, right, a right, buck right. or you something like that. Yeah, them, yeah. Right. You Knowing this is normal in Brazil. Right. And uh, sometimes you do give it, sometimes you don't have to give it. You give right, it if right. you want it. Right. But a lot of times what happens is they, they see a, a girls, to, the two girls, they kind of try to intimidate them, mm. right? And uh, as they talk to my mom, they say, hey, uh, my mom say, hey, can I pay you later? I'll pay mm. you next time or something. Mm. Say you, they start cussing to my mom, calling my mom a bunch of names. Mm. Oh, you, this, this right. and that. 
And my mom said, holy shit, like, oh, really? is this real? Right, right. Yeah, right, fuck. Okay, I'm not going to stay home. I'll, I'll be back a little later. Right. <laughs> then uh, she came to the to the house. Right. And uh, I, she saw me. I actually was going right to the academy. Mm-hmm. And she saw me on the way. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, let's stop by the academy. And then we pick up some more extra people. Then we went check those guys out, see what's up. <laughs> and Hazel was one of those. It was about four or five guys. And uh, then we came to the academy. And I said, Hazel, the guys did this to mom and my sister. Let's go right. over there and check it out. Right. And But when I left, it was like 20 of us came. Damn. It was like a bunch of guys. And we actually didn't know who did. Right, right. You, you, know? Didn't know, you didn't know who, who And when you hop in, my mom said, that one's for sure. The other ones I don't know yeah. for sure. It was, a, it was a kind of group. Then we started like just... We didn't know who it was. Right. We know one guy for right. sure, two, two guys for sure. Right. But the rest of it... Everybody else we don't yeah. know. Yeah. Then we started like whooping. Everybody was in there. Just Because we didn't up. know. <laughs> hey. And I remember the, uh, the hands were like, really beat this guy up. Then I choked the other one out and like, uh, I had this guy kind of looking kind of a little farther out. And then I came and gave him a little slap in the face, like, bow! He's like, man, I didn't do nothing. I have nothing to do this. Bro, if you did it, you got yours. Right. If you didn't do it, I apologize. Right. Then, <laughs> and then getting him back to the frame. <laughs> <laughs> let's, okay, go, let's go back to the thing. <laughs> and uh, this I was like 15 years old, you know, like, uh, yeah. And, uh, then afterwards, like, and then we went back to the academy, yeah. everyone, and then that's pretty much it. It was good. It yeah, was that was good. good. The police came to the academy afterwards. Yeah. They said, hey, who beat the guy? The guy was really bad. Yeah, then I told it was me. That, right. And I, at the time, I was a minor. And, <laughs> I was yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I remember uh, when, when Halleck was still doing Metamorphosis, I went to go watch Henzo fight Sakuraba, you know what I mean? Grappling. And I, yes. I, that was like... That was like watching two beloved giants, man. I love just, not just the match, but the respect, but the honor. And um, what did you think of that match? Well, I mean, like, it was that, was, that was a great thing for me to watch that. No, I was there. I was there. You know, yeah. like, uh, even I brought my son up to, the, to, the, to watch the fight. He was playing with Hanzo. I remember. I remember, remember seeing that, yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, there, was, there, was a, there, was, there was, like, I wish they had more events like that. You know, like, oh. with that, uh, that caliber. I know it's, it's hard to put it. Right. You know, uh. I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was Halleck. Yeah, uh, it was Halleck. Right? Yeah, it was Halleck. Halleck, they did an excellent a job. Good, right, with the, with the taiko drummer and was, the big old tatami. Yes, right? that was super nice. That's, you know, Halleck, he deserved, you know, uh, my, my claps for him. Yeah, you know, that, for sure. You know, that's, that was a good event. For sure. You know, and uh, that fight was a good fight, too. You know, hands were both sitting together over there. You know, the, the, the commodity, the, the, the friendship. The, and just the, seeing yes. warriors just yes. do what they do. Yes, you know? that's true. Fantastic. So, you know, you... And you know Hens was an ambassador now, right? <sighs> yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw he was in, like, Abu Dhabi. I saw, yeah. he's, it was so beautiful, man. That's true, that's true. I love it. it it's, it's crazy. But let me ask you, when you was a purple belt running around the beach slapping people up, did you think it would be like this? We, we, look, I knew it was going to grow. There's no, mm-hmm. There was no other way. Right. Because we saw that in Brazil already. Right. You know, like, in uh, the first time I came, the first time I came to the United States was I was uh, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I spent six months in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could tell. See, anywhere you stop in. Right. People are amazed. Right. 
You know, like, yeah, because like, these are martial arts no one ever seen it before. Yeah, no one, man. No right? one. No one, especially when, like, back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you came in and, like, people were like, hey, what the heck is this? You know, and uh, now you see what it is. Like, I don't think it has a city which has no martial arts, no, no jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, and when you first came to Mountain View, it was like you or nothing, like nothing. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Um, what? Where has Jiu-Jitsu taken you that you didn't expect? Like, have you ever woken up somewhere or met somebody and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here because of this art. I'm with this person or I'm having this experience. You know? Not, not much. I, I never have that. That. The only thing sometimes I see it, you know, with my friendship mm-hmm. in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. the friends that I made. Yeah. You know, which is a lifetime friends. Yeah. This is amazing for me. Yeah. You know, it's amazing when I go to, to Japan. Right. With a bunch of friends that I don't see for like 10 years. Right. And we still all that, that was yesterday. Nothing's changed. Nothing changed. Yeah. Yeah. These amaze me. Yeah. You know, these amaze the friendships that I have. Mm-hmm. The, the loyal friends, the... You know, this uh, know that you can you can count with those people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And this for me amazes me. Yeah. You know, amazes me like uh, when I go say hands of fights mm-hmm. and we have 20 guys. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't see each other for years and years. Right. right. But like on those events, on those things, it don't matter. It's it like don't fucking matter. Yes. We're all tight. We're all group. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. This amazes me. Amazes me. You know, like uh, I go to Japan. Right. And uh, I'm having fun over there. And I see one friend of mine who's in the same place as me, right. one of my students that I don't see for like 20 years. Right. This amazes me. You know, it amazes me to see like uh, I'm walking by a place and the guy say, hey, are you healthy, Gracie? Right. Let me help you. Yeah. Or oh, you did this for my son. Right. Those kind of things, you know, like uh, amaze me. You didn't even expect no. it and then boom. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's talk about how much have you changed as an instructor from the early days of Mountain View to now? Are you different? Are you same? No, Are you the I, same? I'm, like, I'm definitely different. You know what changed? Thing that, what, what changed was like uh, back then was all war. There was no space for uh, how did I say for the week? Yeah, that's so real. You know, there was no space for the week. You either you know, figured it out and you stayed and fought, or you yes. died out. Exactly. So, but before we had to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. The reason I build that because hey, people are only strongest to the weaker links. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not have one at weaker links. No links. No weak links. No weak links whatsoever. The only thing I want, I want the strongest, mm-hmm. the toughest. Mm-hmm. Not about strongest physically. But the strongest mentally, right? Because uh, the power in jiu-jitsu, a lot of times, is not how physically strong you are, but how mentally strong you yeah. are. What you can endure. Yes. The pressure. No, the, the pressure. Even like uh, the bluffs, mm. the everything. Mm-hmm. If you're not 100 percent on your game in terms of like, uh, you're nobody. You're right. You know. And the thing is like. I wanted my kids to be 100%. I wanted to prove everybody, hey, you, they motherfuckers come from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what nowadays, 
I, I, since I proved that already, now my goal is, is get the weaker. Right. It become tougher. Right. Is get the businessman. Right. Which is, has no thinking of fighting. Right. But I want that guy to be tough. And know he can. Not just in jiu-jitsu, he'll be tough even under his business. Right. That, this here reflects whole thing in your life. Mm-hmm. And I want that for them. I want the uh, kid walking here, like with head down, right. walk out with the head up. Right. That's for me is more important nowadays. What do you remember about like stylistic, stylistic differences uh, coming from your your side of the family, like Carlos? You know, more more. I feel like when when I was younger and I would look, I would say, okay. So house style is more of a tight, hard, closed guard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He'll take you down, but if he goes to guard, it's gonna be tight, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be very aggressive, right from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, when I looked at Hoist and Horian's side, I felt like um, they were, they, and this is excluding Hickson. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about Hoist, mm-hmm. Horian, and, and, and Hoyle. More passive, yeah, think like, about it. They, they would, they seem to almost wait for their opponent to make a bigger mistake. Their their guards were not as aggressive, as not as like you know break posture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What do you remember stylistically? The differences maybe between like Helio's lineage at that time. Mm-hmm. You know everybody's evolved, and 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 your lineage at that time. See, the, the definitely what, what happened is like um, the world at the time more focused just in the. the we were all focused on jiu-jitsu competition right. and those kind of stuff. Right. But I was always focused on fighting. Mm. All my life I was thinking about fighting. Mm-hmm. Right? I was like, uh, when we train, we train jiu-jitsu, but I always train jiu-jitsu, hey, for fights. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hickson was trained for fights. Yeah, yeah. And I think like at the time, uh, Hoist and uh, Hoyler mm-hmm. was no more thinking about fighting. It was right. more about competition jiu-jitsu. Right. I was never a really, really com- competitor mm-hmm. of jiu-jitsu. Right. Yeah, all the competition. It was never my game. Right. My game was, hey, let's train hard. Let's tap everyone that you train with. Right. And that was it. Right. And when you compete, you want to compete. But I was never like, oh, hey, let's compete. I was never disciplined enough mm-hmm. to those kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's train every day this way. Let's go to competition. Right. It was never my goal. Right. My goal, hey, I want, I want, I want to learn jiu-jitsu to teach later as, as I grow older. Right. To have my own gym. Right. And to fight. Right. Professionally. I want to be a professional fighter. Right. So that's what was like always more like in tours like I want to fight. I want to punch you, the guy. Yeah. I don't want to just like, hey, I want to hurt the guy. I want to. See, like, I think when the guy's, you're a fighter, you can, you, you, you're not, you can be nice. Right. But you have to be being at the same time. Internally. Mm. Right. You know? You have to acknowledge it's war. Yes. You have to know it's war. Exactly what you're talking about. He has a lot. I, I can pity the guy, but I cannot let him go. Right. You understand? I do. I can feel sorry for what I've done, but, but this I is have happening. to be done. Right. This is happening. Yes. Right. So it's kind of like that. Do you, like, so so that was, that's how you always, that's your heart. That's, yeah, that's, that's the that's, nature. If you look at hands, it's kind of the same too. It is. Like, right? Absolutely. Like, you want to fight, you want to... And for us, it was our manhood. Mm-hmm. It was a defining. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to fight me standing? We fight standing, motherfucker. What's up? What's yeah. up? Let's do it. <laughs> you know? We were like this. We were yeah. like, hey, whatever. 
And I believe one thing too. Mm. When you're black belt in jiu-jitsu, you're black belt in everything. Mm, that's deep. That is deep. That is and on my on, on my mind. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works. I'm black belt jiu-jitsu, karate, taekwondo, whatever yeah, the what fuck you, you throw right. at me. I'm going to give a black right. belt. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. You know? What a feeling. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. No problem, no problem. So, so, what would you like? Is, 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 is there anything, are there any trends? Okay, so hold on. I got to stop. We were talking about the difference between your lineage and, and the Helio lineage. I remember when you would teach, you would like show a move and then you would say, but remember on the street, the guy can punch you here or you can kick there or he can kick you there. So don't do that. If you're in a fight, don't do that, do this, you know? Like, and I remember a few years later, a lot of the magazines would say, well, sometimes on the street, that stuff isn't addressed. And I was like, how far already shows us all that? How far already shows us all that? You know, so like that difference between the gi and the street and the no gi was always in play in Mountain View. Like That's I, true. you know, like people say, well, they ask me, do you guy that prefers gi or no gi? And I'm like, I, I don't have a reference for not doing both. It was, I always had some idea. You didn't have to be great, but you had to know that of grips course. are different with no gi. Or, or, you know, if it's MMA, the, you know, because he's kicking here, not there. Look at this, guys. Uh, <clears throat> you look for like uh, the, the Luta Livre guys. Right. And the jiu-jitsu guys in Brazil. Right. They always train with no gi. Right. A hundred percent time, right. no gi. Right. We train always with the gi. Right. 98% of the times, mm -hmm. we gi. Mm -hmm. And these other 2% of the time that we have, we train no gi. Right. How can you whoop the asses? Right. I don't understand. It's not because... Uh, they doing jiu-jitsu without the gi only. Right. But I, I believe, my, I strongly believe, that the gi, they make your, your, your technique more fine. Mm -hmm. Refine your technique. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny, that's what somebody told me and I feel it and like, in some ways, you actually with the gi feel tighter because you understand the distance. Yes. But I feel like if you don't train in the gi, you don't know that part. You know, if you only do no gi, you don't understand yeah. You that never, element. Like you get a guy who trains no gi. Right. Put the gi on him, he doesn't know how to do shit anymore. At all. At all. That's the thing. But you get a guy with a gi, he knows how to do without the gi. Right. Even 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 if there's a little he, space or there's yeah, a, he, he might, still he might understands up here and there, but right. he won't stand. But you get a guy with no gi, he's like, oh shit. Right. I'm locked. Right. I cannot move. Right. There's no slipping. Right. Because there's just... Exactly. And if you right. can get away with no, with the no sleep, mm -hmm. like, that's why I don't care. a lot of times why it becomes so, so uh, a lower belt guy can, can kind of, if he's pretty strong, he right. can kind of match the same the power yeah. with the technique. Of a, yeah, yeah. But if you get a stronger guy with the gi, he's fucked. That's true. He's fucked. doesn't matter. Yeah. Sooner or later he'll tap. Yeah. But you put this guy with no gi, he might be able to slip it out. Power out. Yeah, power out, exactly. Until he's tired, right. I have to be playing around with him. Mm. Until where I can move around, so move around, I can get him. But it's harder. Let me ask you, you know, one of the things that's tripped me out about specifically jiu-jitsu in the cage, okay, mm -hmm. is that I don't see people passing in MMA anymore. They don't try to pass. Look, Why don't people try to pass? What is that? Like, I get blown away. Like, I'm like, I don't understand. Let's talk about BJ. Right. 
BJ. Right. Why do you think he stopped winning the fights? Only fighting boxing. Mm. BJ is not a big boxing guy. He is a really fucking good boxer. Right. But in boxing, you can be outmatched. Yeah. Get you a try to stay guy. bobbing and weaving mm. too long. Exactly. But if you would have believed more in his jiu-jitsu, I guarantee you, he would have been until top right now. Yeah. He's a, he's a fucking super flexible, super good jiu-jitsu right. guy. But the thing is, people change as they see the game. Right. Say, let's box, let's box, box. Okay, box it is nice. Right. It is good. People right. are doing. Right. But you're trading punches. Right. So we have to have a super, be a superstar. Right. To, and if look, just for long. You don't see like a, a boxer, like with 50 years old fighting anymore. You see a jiu-jitsu guy 50 years yeah, old fighting. Yeah, totally. I'm one of them. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? At least I can still be on the mat. You know what I mean? I'm not that, no elite, but I can, some, I can get on the mat and still But that's the around. idea, man. They're not like, people try to, when you're good in jiu-jitsu, really good in jiu-jitsu, mm. stick with jiu-jitsu. Learn something else to use as a, as a map to clinch. Okay. Learn, learn boxing to learn to bobble weave and get in. Right. Not to just fucking trade punches. Okay, now here, I have a crazy question for you, and I'm asking, what happened when Hicks and Son fought in that last UFC? Why, why, I mean, he's like the Jordan. Hickson is like the Jordan, this is Jordan's son. You expect Jordan's son, he's gonna go in like, you know it's not Hickson, mm -hmm. but you, I didn't. Look, like, he didn't even shoot it once. That's what was blowing my mind. I kept waiting for the shot. I kept waiting. I, maybe he wants to prove himself as a, as a as a be able to punch too or something. Right. I don't and sometimes know. that happens because you got shorter rounds and they want to see more action. The they truth wanna, is, look, right. the event nowadays, it is complete, completely against jiu-jitsu. Mm, totally. Like, remember when Pride had 10-minute rounds? 10-minute rounds? Three 10-minute rounds? The, they look, don't do nothing like that the anymore, reason, man. The reason, it, 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 why, why? Look, you get a... You get a guy strong. Nowadays everybody's fit. Mm -hmm. There's no out of shape. There's no out of shape coming in there. Right? Coming in there. UFC one. Right? Yeah. There's no, none of this shit anymore. Right. <laughs> and um, the time they created is entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's not a competition. Right. What are they doing nowadays? Is entertainment is made for entertain outside people. Yep. They're not for the fighters. They're not martial artists at all. No. This is business. Mm. UFC is a business. Yeah. What's good for them? It's That's great. Fine. Excellent. Right, right. I have no problem. I want UFC to be as big as I can be. Right. I have no problem with that. Right. But they're not looking for the fighters. They're looking for their model of fighting. Mm -hmm. Five minutes, three rounds, five rounds. And if you look at a lot of times, the most stamina guy they have it. Yeah. If, if five minutes. Like if you just got the cardio to stay, just to Bro, stay. I think if you get like some of the guys that they didn't even know how to fight, if right. they can run like a motherfucker. Right. In good shape. Right. Like a they, Kenyan runner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a Kenyan runner with some juice on it. <laughs> get, him him strong, get him in there. Get him in there. And you know, teach him like a. 
just kind of keep his chin down, yeah, keep, keep his chin down, keep kicking. He might, yeah, he might. It's deep. Why? Because I mean, when you're getting ready to tap, your time is out. Mm. Round again. Hey, let's yeah. get the break. Let's get the water. Yeah. Let's get the ice in the back of the neck. Right. Let's talk to you again. Oh, oh you're doing good. Keep, keep sharp. No, keep running. You know. <laughs> And that's that's how it goes. Yeah. Because yeah. what what's jujitsu? Jujitsu is you you have to take the guy down. Yeah. Or you have to be taken down right. from there. Right. You're gonna have to make the guy roll around you. Yeah. Then you have to go to the guy's back or mount the guy to right. make the guy tap. Now, what's the other one? Hey, I'm just gonna stay there. Don't hold yeah. myself and. So that's where the non-passing. Now when I'm getting ready to tap, because they don't care. Fuck yeah! They're just let Why me just posture pass? up and not. Yeah. Why I'm risk pass? it? Why risk gonna, it? Exactly. There's no one but you want to pass. You want to stay there. Want to pass? You want to hit a little bit, get mark the points. Little, little hammer bit. fist. Yeah, that's it. But the same time, you see some guys that do good jujitsu. Yeah. Damien you know, Maya. Damien Maya um, works with jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, there is still yeah. some good jiu-jitsu in there. And look, Damien Mayer works with jiu-jitsu. Oh. For real. Real. Yeah. That's what the BJ should have been doing. Yeah. You know, I. That, that's, the, that's the idea. I think the jiu-jitsu guy, they should have fight jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Hey, let's fucking go jiu-jitsu style. Yeah. But especially if you're good, really good. But it's okay. You have to have your hands. Everybody is an MMA, mixed martial arts. You got to have your hands. There's right. no problem with yeah, that. Yeah. But, but you can only trust in your hands. Yeah. Look, uh, the spider right. with uh, Sony. Huh? What's what about that? that? Did I was screaming so loud, bro. You just saved lives. <laughs> I was screaming so loud. That's you it. know, it was, it was beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that stuff is beautiful. Let me ask you, what do you think about women in MMA now? Who? Women. Like, just women, women? being in the cage. Cause it, uh, look, when it first, when they first, I didn't like it. I felt like a little weird about it. But now I actually like it. I feel like, tell me if you agree. I feel like a lot of the women's fights in MMA have more action and more courage. Like they'll just go all out. Whereas guys seem to be like, I'm, I, I, I don't want to get knocked out. But the girls are just, yeah, g girls are shameless. Right. There's no shame. They, uh, guys, they worry about, oh shit, I got knocked out. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls don't do this. They don't care. They don't care. And it is. Girls hate each other. <laughs> guys don't. You know, a lot of times you're like, oh man, that guy would be shooting. Even if he's on the other side of the fight, he might be a cool guy later. Yeah, yeah exactly. Later. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go. Ah, what's up, homie? Yeah. I'm respectful to him. Right. I don't, I'm not going to kick him in the face. Maybe we'll right, get down. Right, right. Woman, they don't give a flying fuck. They go off. Hey, I'll kick her. I'll bite her. I'll do whatever. They don't like each other, bro. Yeah. Women are they vicious. They go hard. They don't, but I do like girls fighting. You know? Right. Especially when they fight for me, but it's a bit Right, right, right. <laughs> when they're my fighters, it's, it's excellent. Right, right. No, but like, uh, the true, 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 I, I like to see them fight, but I wouldn't put my daughter to fight. Right. I don't like my daughter to see my daughter fight. Right. You don't mind jujitsu, obviously, but in a cage is what you're saying, yeah? Or yeah, even, no, yeah, in the cage, yeah. you know, like that. No, I think some things are for men. Mm. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying this is for, is not for women. You know they're all going to come after you, right? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying it's not for women. Not, right, I, just, right. I, I just don't see it as a beautiful thing. Mm. You know, I think the woman, even the, the strongest, uh, that's the toughest woman, my right. mom, man. My right. mom raised, raised me, raised my, my right. brothers. And we were, we were in the whip. Yeah. You know, we, were get, we got our ass whipped by our mother. Yeah. 
A lot. You know, I believe. <laughs> I can imagine. In, but look, I can't imagine how mischievous you and your brothers. My mom is strong as fuck, dude. My mom yeah. is like punch guys. Right. Like my mom used to come in. Sometimes my brother was going to fight. My mom used to go fight with him. Right. Like you know, and but I think they lost the, a lot of times. They lost their family. Mm. You know, they lost the. the you know, you look. guy look like a guy. Mm. You know, and for me, that's not, I, I, it's not my thing, you know. You're going to get some hate mail. No, 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 no. But I, I love the fighting. I understand. But it's just not. I, yeah, it's, it's how you feel. Yeah, it's, I have yeah. girls here. I train yeah. them. I see there's some fantastic I, fighting women here hey, at How Gracie San Francisco yes, right now. Yes, but the thing is, like, if, if, if you were my daughter, right. if, if, I say, if, I, if she wants to fight, I'll make her. I will help right. her fight. You will make her be a beast. It's just because she wants to. Right. And her, her desires... It's, it's bigger than, than my than what, what I like or not. I'll help her. I'll do anything for right. her. But if you say if I like it, right? I don't. Not as much. That's fair. That's fair. You know, I don't have to like it. Anything. Just true. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. So. And I don't have to be political, right, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> and if you know how, if you know he's not. <laughs> and never been. Um, so, what's the future for Half Gracie? Where are you headed? What do you like? Bro, the future, I'm almost 50 years old, right? 48 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting 49 pretty yeah. soon. I'll be 50 next month, man. Right? That's good. You know, I think... Uh, and I wouldn't be healthy at all without jiu-jitsu. I know good, that man. I wouldn't be healthy at all without And you know one thing that I like? I'm 50, I'm, I'm almost close to 50, and I'm still training. Yeah. I'm still teaching. I'm still doing the things that I, I like to do. I'm still going to Brazil and having, having a lot of fun, you know, like uh, training my kids, training yeah. in the academy, yeah. teaching every day almost. I'm living in the city now. Yeah. You know, and I'm always in the San Francisco Academy now. Yeah. You know, like, and uh, the future, the future is for the future. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I never make plans for the live future. now. I live now. You know, that's, uh, people sometimes ask, oh, let's do something next week. for bro, I don't know where I'm going to be next week. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't have a plans for tomorrow, maybe. Right, 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 or right, next right. next week, when it, when then we talk to me Who again. Who knows? Who knows? Like, uh, you. I almost yeah. forgot you. Like, <laughs> I know. Fuck! <laughs> 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 What's up, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, he was like a half hour late. It was cool, I though. apologize I for that. Care. I apologize. I didn't care. I, listen, if I waited all this many years to see you, that extra time wasn't going to mean nothing, Thank you, brother. Man. I, you know I, you're in my heart, right? No, likewise, man. I, I, I'm, I'm indebted to you for so many different reasons. Thank you for being on my podcast. I miss you, and I it's appreciate you It's always a bra- so pleasure, much. brother. All right. Always, all right. always. Bye-bye. Teacher, what style is that?